We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Chargers Analytics with Arjun. And wow, <laughs> the Chargers actually pulled it off against the Chiefs in Kansas City. They got it done. And man, I was so excited watching that game. But I mean, there are so many things to take away from that game that ultimately that I will be covering today. And I think it's it's something that we have to to really go over, which is number one, Brandon Staley, number two, Justin Herbert, and really how those two have really changed the franchise. So plan of attack for today's episode. Number one, we're going to be going through some of Brandon Staley's aggressiveness metrics and just seeing how the win probabilities changed when he went for it on some of those key fourth downs. We're going to be looking at Justin Herbert, like, is the regression happening? I, I don't think so. The film doesn't show it. The stats definitely don't show it anymore. And we'll kind of just be going through that and then obviously jump into some of the things I noticed about our opponent, the Raiders, uh, next Monday. So as usual, let's get right into it. So let's, let's start with some Brandon Steely stuff. I mean, the, the guy is like one of the most aggressive coaches I think I've, I've ever watched coach. And I mean, he's not afraid to go for it on fourth down, which is really important because when you, when you want to win in the NFL, number one, you have to be aggressive, in my opinion. But when you play the Chiefs, who, like Brandon Celia said, are the Golden State Warriors and can go on these big runs on like in one quarter or across a half, you have to be able to keep your pedal on like your foot on the pedal. And the Chargers easily could have gone into the half 21-0 if that illegal shift on by Keenan Allen slash Jalen Guiding, whoever's fault it is. Um, if that didn't happen, they could have easily gone into the half 21-0, but instead it became 14 to three, which turned into 14, 10, 17, 14. But luckily Justin Herbert balled out. Brandon Sealy called um, some good, uh, made some good choices. And we're just going to be talking about some of the fourth down decisions. So um, there's this guy on Twitter, Ben Baldwin, who created this fourth down decision model who, and Ben Baldwin is an awesome guy. If you haven't, if you don't follow him already, he's, he's one of the best analytics people out there. So on the fourth and four, right in the fourth quarter where Brandon Sealy called a timeout, and then he went to go. He went to go for it, and then there was a false start on Slater. the The model actually said he should have he should have kicked it, but you know the model. This model um, doesn't take into account wind or weather, you know, time of day or any of that. 
like real NFL, real time NFL models do. So real time NFL models usually uses a lot of things like win probability, down distance, time remaining in the game, quarter, how strong each team is relative to the other, their opposing team. But they also take into account weather, time of day, um, you know, uh, other metrics that, you know, this model just can't do because the uh, NFL teams have people running those models while the game is going on, while this, this is a bot uh, in essence. So basically the bot was saying that the Chargers should have kicked for it. And honestly, if it was any other game, they might've kicked for it uh, because, you know, in Kansas city that day, this past Sunday, it was very, very windy. So honestly, the model probably said that the Chargers should have gone for it. Now the fall start happened and the model actually said that the Chargers had a 7% higher chance to win the game if they kicked the field goal instead of going for it. But, you know, Brandon Sealy went for it. Luckily they got the DPI. Another decision that you know was was really important was the fourth and four right and this was i believe uh 17 was it 17 17 i think i think it was 17 14 here so the model actually said that the Chargers should have kicked the field goal here but like i said before it was very windy outside plus i mean to beat the chiefs you have to score touchdowns not kick field goals this isn't anthony lynn anymore this is brandon Sealy. So uh, they went for it. They had the really nice uh, fourth down where Herbert honestly had guided wide open on the crosser, but he hit Keenan. So that was a really, really impressive thing. So two really important fourth downs and Brandon Staley went against the grain saying that even if the model says we should kick the field goal, we're going to go for the touchdown. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to make this uh, clear. I do not advocate, I did not really want the Chargers to kick or uh, score that touchdown at the end of the game to Mike Williams, the fade, they should have kneeled it and taken the field goal because the chance that Mahomes could have scored is, is higher than the most after the Chargers scored the touchdown and they missed the PAT. So, you know, anything really could have happened by throwing for it. And that field goal was a chip shot. So I understand the wind and everything that's happening, but the chance he misses that field goal, if all other operations goes right is very low. So in reality, that was probably his only head coaching gap of the day. But in the end, you know, they did still score a touchdown and luckily nothing happened. So uh, this graph Ben Baldwin made pretty much is plotting EPA and CPOE. So EPA, remember, expected points added. CPOE, completion percentage over expected, measuring accuracy. And uh, PFF, offensive grade. So, you know, I work at PFF as an intern, so I'm not going to talk down on them because they are a great company and they do a lot of great stuff. Uh, whether you guys may like it or not but pff right now actually is grading justin herbert very very highly and it, it shows up you know he's above the trend line when it comes to players at his epa rank and people with his pff grade right now he's sitting at about an 84 pff passing grade which is you know about seven points higher than where, where it was in 2020 so that's Really good, to, really good to see for Justin Herbert going forward. He's been really good, hasn't really shown any signs of regression. Um, another graph that I, I'm really, really happy about is this one. Um, the Chargers rank third in early down pass rate in non-garbage time. So if you look at the bottom here, it says uh, when the win probability is between 20% and 80%. So this is when teams are still in the game, when teams still have a chance to win or where they're where, when they're winning, but they're not winning by too much such that the win probability is higher than 80%. So the Chargers rank third in, in early down pass rate. Everything I've advocated for in the offseason, this is what is showing in the graph. Awesome to see. 
you know, for, for those who, you know, like to hold grudges, Joe Burrow's Bengals are last in early down pass rate. Is this a knock on the confidence that Zach Taylor has in Burrow? We know, we don't know. Um, and also just going, you know, looking ahead, the Raiders rank fourth. This is an important, a very important development. You know, John Gruden has been known to just try to pound the rock, but it does seem like he's turned a corner this offseason. Derek Carr is slinging it, leading the league in passing yards incredibly. Um, and so, the, you know, this may not be the type of ground and pound game we're accustomed to from the Raiders. This could be a game where Derek Carr airs it out more than expected. Um, this could also be because Josh, Josh Jacobs is out. We don't like, I'm not sure if he's going to be practicing or playing uh, next Monday, but that is something to keep in mind going forward. Um, so now uh, another thing I wanted to point out, uh, I know everyone's worried about this run defense. Chargers are playing light boxes. Given the down and distance and given the time left in the game, given the win probability uh, that the Chargers have, teams are actually only passing or running it 4% more than expected. So what that means is uh, Ben Baldwin created this model, which says, given all of these factors, uh, time left in game, win probability model, down distance, opposing team, uh, possession team, what is the rate that teams should be passing? And teams are passing up the Chargers at a 4% lower clip on early downs. So, you know, I, I've mentioned this before, running the ball is less efficient than passing the ball. So inviting teams to run more isn't that big of an issue like we saw against the Chiefs. Um, I didn't think the defense actually had a good performance. I did think they were bailed out a couple of times by turnovers. But, hey, you know, we're, all it takes to beat a team is to have one good game. And to beat the Chiefs, you need to be able to force turnovers and get the ball back, which uh, they did very well. So now uh, let's take a look at, you know, where Herbert ranks. Is he showing regression? Nope. Ranks 10th right now in EPA despite playing, um, you know, Washington Cowboys and, and uh, the Chiefs. The, the, remember in the Washington Cowboys game, he's, he had, he's had three turnovers inside the red zone, which kills when I say kills, it kills his EPA. So this isn't truly indicative of how well he's played. Remember by PFF ranking, he's, I think he's in that five to six area in terms of PFF passing grade, which you guys may not like PFF, but passing grade has shown to be one of the best predictors of stability from year to year and from week to week. So now let's go to a graph that I created so we can see something really cool about the man, Justin Herbert. What was the talk all off season, guys? He's going to regress under pressure. His uh, EPA, his uh, passing passer rating from a clean pocket was, was near the middle of the pack. Well, not only did he improve from a clean pocket, his play under pressure hasn't regressed as much as you know people have thought now admittedly it's early it is very early in the season three weeks of data is nothing compared to having eight nine and obviously 16 17 weeks of data to show anything but the early returns are very good to see that justin herbert in this top right quadrant last year he was up in this top middle left but it's very good to see him in this top right quadrant which means he's above average under under pressure and above average uh, from a clean pocket so like i said before his epa from a clean pocket has improved last year he was right around here so he's almost improved like a full 0.1 expected epa 
Uh, he, he has regressed under pressure, but it hasn't been this huge drop off. So he's actually, so last year he was about like 0.05. Right now he's about 0. negative 0.11. So he's lost negative, or he's gone down 0.14 EPA under pressure, but he's gone up 0.1 EPA from a clean pocket. And here's the funny part. The Chargers are actually putting Justin Herbert under pressure less often. Who could have predicted that with the offensive line overhaul? So what that means, what that means is, even though Justin Herbert's EPA under pressure is negative, he's under pressure less, which means he's having less negative EPA plays, which means he's under he's throwing from a clean pocket more often where he has a positive EPA, which means there's no regression here. There's actually positive or there's no negative regression. There's positive regression and we're actually seeing improvement. Like I've been saying all, all off season, like the, all the guys on the podcast have been saying all off season. Yes. He's going to regress under pressure. That's, that's a given, but he's going to get better overall which he has shown, which the film showed last year, which the film has been showing this year. So great stuff by Herbert, great stuff by Staley. Let's talk about, let's talk a little bit about the Raiders. Derek Carr, he's actually having a pretty good year. I'm not going to lie. I've, I've watched a couple of those Raiders games. He is slinging the ball and the Raiders are not afraid to throw it this year. They're putting Carr in situations where they want him to throw in early downs. Here's where he ranks. Very good from a clean pocket, slightly above average under pressure so we want to get him frazzled a little bit we want to put some pressure on him bosa versus leatherwood is going to be the key matchup to watch um, along the defensive and offensive line now the raiders if you told me that their defense is a was above average after the first three games after playing the ravens after playing the steelers and then after playing the dolphins i probably would have laughed but they are actually a very improved unit and, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. Gus Bradley's turned that defense around. Is it a top 10 unit? Is it top five? No, obviously not. But Gus Bradley is uh, showing that he's a better defensive coordinator than Paul Gunther, okay? So what are the Raiders doing? Well, it does seem like they're stunting more with their edge rushers, with, with their interior defense alignment a little bit more. So what that means is, the edge player will be rush will try to rush from the inside while the inside player rushes from the outside. So they're doing that at about a 26, 27% clip. Now they're actually generating pressures um, at an above average rate, which, you know, given the Raiders the past couple of years hasn't pinned their strong suit. So what that means is Storm Norton and Rashawn Slater have to be on their game. Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe have, have, have been really, really good this year. Really good. Like the Raiders, I'm pretty sure have the best team pass rushing grade. The Raiders. Yeah. So, you know, I expect to see a little bit of, uh, a little bit of juice off the edge, whether Slater and Norton will be able to handle it is, you know, beyond me. Uh, it, it is a rivalry game. So everything gets amplified. So it's going to be important for Norton and, uh, Slater to be on their game against two guys who have performed extremely well uh, to start the year. I'm pretty sure Crosby ranks in like the top five, top 10 in pressure rate and pass rush win rate, which is very, very impressive. And the last thing, um, let's just talk about that offensive line, right? Uh, I talked about Joey Bosa versus Leatherwood, but overall the, the Raiders offensive line has actually been pretty good to start the year. And it's 
you know, it's, it's very surprising to me, given that they lost Hudson, Gabe Jackson, and Trent Brown, and Richie Incognito has just been put on IR. So, you know, when they're playing guys like Colton Miller, John Simpson, Andre James, and they're still allowing pressure at an above average uh, or a below average rate in a good way, you know, it's, it's surprising to see. And they have played some, you know, defenses that like to get after the quarterback. I mean, the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Dolphins usually all rank above average when it comes to pressure rate. The Ravens and the Dolphins are two cover zero blitz heavy teams, but yet the Raiders are still, you know, able to uh, manage Carr and not put him under pressure as often and giving him a chance to get the ball out quick. So, you know, I, Brandon Sealy hasn't shown that he's going to be a big blitzer to start the year, which that's okay. You know, this defense isn't really like a blitz heavy defense. But getting after Carr is going to be important. And this is a very exploitable offensive line. I expect my bold prediction, Jerry Tillery is going to have his breakout game. You know, that's just me. He had a pretty good game against the Raiders and so far last year. But, um, yeah, so ultimately, I think I actually think the Raiders um, are, you know, performing pretty well this year. And, yes, the competition hasn't been, like, amazing, amazing, but beating the Ravens and the Steelers are two, you know, pretty impressive victories. And that Steelers victory, especially going on the road, uh, was, was really impressive to see. So, as usual, my score prediction, uh, actually, do you think the Chargers will pull away with this victory? I mean, that victory against Kansas City showed that they can really play with anyone. Um, hopefully, they should be getting some reinforcements. Justin Jones will be essential, especially if Josh Jacobs comes back. So, I'm going to go with, like, a – 35 to 30 uh, victory against the Raiders. I do think it'll be another shootout, um, but, you know, hopefully the Chargers pull it out and Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert, you know, just continue to show that they're one of the best head coach quarterback duos in the league. So that's going to wrap it up. I want to thank you if you made it through the entire video. And with that, as always, 